Welcome back to another episode of Bobcast. Today on Bobcast, we have Samad Savage. So this podcast is less about achievements, more about moments. I'm genuinely interested in the moments that change people's lives, the mindset and the thoughts that were going on in their heads when it happened. And today, I have Samad Savage on the podcast to talk about a few of those moments and a lot more. It's a wide-ranging conversation. It's a conversational show. Um, but if you've seen Samad, if you've heard Samad, if you have if you even know who he is, you know the level of, of talent and, and hard work and, and skill that's gone into what he's built uh, and created for himself. But I am not here uh, on this intro to explain it all, uh, and I will leave it to the conversation to do that. So I thank you. I really appreciate it. And this podcast is sponsored by Soda Beats, the best way to make beats online right now. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Ryan Sullivan. Let's get to the episode. Samad Savage. All right. Samad Savage on the podcast. We're going to do an awkward handshake over these microphones. <laughs> Brother, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Um, we're having another, another episode of podcast or Bobcast, um, another artist episode. Um, this kind of just gives some context. I basically started this podcast two years ago um, and did a couple episodes by myself. And then I was like, that's too, like, for me, it, it was, I think the audience was okay with it, but it was a little too boring for me. I just wanted to get other people involved. And I didn't want to just talk to myself. It just felt weird to do podcasts like that. So yeah. started getting people on. I got some got an invest, some investors and some all kind of different types of people that are interesting in my life. Um, and then, like I was saying, uh, how I came across you is I listened to No Chill uh, mm. by Tur- Turkish Royale. Shout out Turkish Royale. Artist. Shout out Turk. He's dope, Mad man. Minds. Mad Minds, baby, represent. I usually have the hat on, to be honest with you. But um, <laughs> my, one of my favorites, hat, my only white hat that I have. I can't be... I get everything dirty, man. It's crazy. But yeah, shout out Mad Minds, man. Giving giving artists the opportunity to come up and just like perform like that. I never performed like that at any mm. type of, you know, I've done like showcases, you know, but everybody's kind of out for themselves, I feel like, you know, so yeah. something like Mad Minds, um, really dope collective. But yeah, yeah, so I found, um, you know, I started listening to Turk's music because I, I worked at the vault um, with Tyler. I don't know if you know the vault studio in Booton, but um mm, it's uh I've, I've heard of it yeah 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 the one the engineer there tyler uh, he owns it and uh so i interned there for free and just kind of like got the got this kind of see how artists work and mm-hmm. see the whole ins and outs of everything and and i met turk there and his that whole crew and simon and all the guys and uh and yeah i was coming back from the city one day threw on saw turk release a song no mm-hmm. chill see this guy some mod on it he's spitting <laughs> fast i'm like okay wait up i'm like I started spitting fast when I started rapping. Now uh-huh. I like toned it back a little bit. Um, so I really respected that, and I was like, and I started going into your music. I think you have, you have like forty thousand monthly listeners now, but I think you had like maybe twenty thousand. Forty thousand now? Yeah. Holy, you mind if I check? Thirty-eight thousand. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just checked. <laughs> I didn't even mean to check. It was just there. Wow. Let me see that. I think I think it was thirty-eight thousand, man. I, I I could be mistaken. I got I don't got good eyes, but thirty-eight thousand. That's crazy. Last time I checked, it was at it just got to like thirty thousand. <laughs> really? Yeah. Holy crap, dude. Man. That's what. Hey, Thank respect, God. man. Respect. Yeah. But yeah. So um, you know, that's all. I, I'm gonna stop talking, man. That's kind of my whole spiel of how we got here. But I'd like to, if you could, just introduce yourself to the audience. Just let people know who you do. I mean, we know you're an artist, but um, you know, who is Samad Savage? It's good with it. I'm Samad Savage. Uh, I rap. 
I produce and engineer and a bunch of other boring stuff. But uh <laughs> not boring to me, man. Not boring to me. Thank you. Uh I just pretty much rap about whatever I want to rap about. Like I rap about whatever I see in the world and stuff. I try my best to not be generic and just talk about what I feel like is cool to talk about. Um Yep. And I just try my best to take music to the next level as uh, every time that I make a song, even if I'm not there yet. I always try to. So, yeah, I don't. I don't even know what to say about myself. No, you're good, man. <laughs> I, well, I'd like to. Well, the first time I knew who you were, but the first time I talked to you was at a Mad Minds, um, at the distillery, mm. and that was. I mean, that was crazy. And that was the first time I saw you live. I think with the when you had the auto tune pedal. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. you had. Um, I'm I'm forgetting your drummer's name, but he's Ra- um, Grass Grass Ryan. Yeah, Ryan Grasso. Ryan. Yes, yeah, got you. Um, he's Shout out to him. Good. He's absolutely amazing. Yeah. What a good dude too. Just a yeah. humble dude. Like I just love talking to him at the shows and stuff, man. And and you guys just click, man. And once I saw him, right. once I saw the set, I was like, this is gonna be crazy, man. <laughs> and it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And just Thank to you. see one working that pedal and doing mm-hmm. the. Uh, what was that joke like when Travis Scott the stage falls or something? And oh this... yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude, that shit killed me, bro. That <laughs> shit you. killed me. Oh my god! And I was like, this dude's got not even got not only the bars and and the and and the crazy flows, the fast. He's got the stage presence. He's an MC. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't just end with the music. And I think a lot of rappers are kind of um you know sometimes they're not really that outgoing so it's hard for them to kind of build that mc stage presence type of deal yeah. um they're not always djs they're not always mcs and and uh i'm not sure if you had that or if you worked on it and built it up but just you know something i noticed from you but um you know when when did you start performing live and when and how important is that to you you know as, as it compares to you know just making music in your room and releasing it uh i think the first time that i performed i was I think I was 17. I know that's when I dropped my first mixtape. How old are you now? Sorry to... How old am I now? <laughs> uh, 24. I don't know why that was a hard question for me. <laughs> oh, you're good, man. You're probably already thinking of the next Yeah, step. yeah, no, I, yeah I, just, I just had a birthday. That, that's why. <laughs> there you go. Every year, Man, year's going quick, man. Yes, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I was about, like, 17, and it was... uh, I can't decide if... I know I, I did, like, two performances that summer. But I think the first one was at this club that I definitely wasn't old enough to get into. And uh <laughs> best way to get into a club when you're young is be an yeah, artist in that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And uh, I was definitely terrified. I, I remember calling my older brother and uh saying, like, yo, this is about to be my first show. He said, All right, dope. Uh he said, Are you scared? I said, Yes, I am. <laughs> and he said, how, how uh uh do you plan on doing this for the rest of your life? And I was like, yeah. He said, are you serious about this stuff? I'm like, yeah. He said, all right, so you have like a million more shows to come. This isn't anything but just like another show. And since then, that's always been my mentality. I I, I always have the initial like little anxiety before I like just before I step on stage. But uh, I, I've been able to combat that just knowing that this is my job. This is what I have to do, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, so what did the did the second show? Oh, the the did, second yeah. slash maybe first show. Mm. Um, I was my 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 sister Muka. Shout out to Muka. Shout out Muka. <laughs> and uh, that's her nickname, by the way. Real name gotcha. Samira. Anyhow, she had invited me, or she had her friend invite me to perform at her friend's like little party. And I, I went out there with my boy uh, Jason Jackson. Shout out to Jason Jackson, very awesome singer. And 
it was it was awkward for me. I don't know if it was awkward for everybody else, but like I tried my best to put on a show, and everybody seemed pleased with, with my performance and pleased with uh, Jason Jackson's performance. So it was a good time. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. that's so. And then you're still 17 years old. At yeah. This point. And like I just want to give people a little bit. I don't really have too much context on this, but um, if you go through uh, the gray area mm-hmm. and even your newest album too, you really get a look. You had a not so average childhood if i could you know if i'm accurate saying that um and and uh obviously i don't even know what really average means but Mm. uh just from what i've taken from from your music is you've gone you know through a lot and i think that's Mm. a lot of the the power and the passion that kind of comes through your lyrics and and you're not doing it you don't do anything just to do it man You're, you're trying to tell your story and and just for you to start like that young um and like and just realize from those experiences like i have to get this music out here like mm. you i mean i maybe you didn't want to perform that bad maybe you were and maybe you were anxious but at least i think um you know something in you was like i gotta get these out here man like was that mm. kind of like the the mentality or maybe not just performing but maybe um you know as far as like creating the music itself and writing and producing like is that was uh, your was your childhood a big a big you know I mean, I, w- I would say that uh, I wasn't really excited for the performing part mm-hmm. of things until I started performing. So uh, when, I, when I first started rapping or when I first started writing and got to a point where I was like, maybe I want to rap. One, one moment that I remember is I was listening to uh, Eminem's uh, uh, Sing for the Moment. And I-, I was just really just listening to the Eminem show. That was the first album I ever bought with my own money. And... Uh, I, I, I don't know what, I don't remember exactly the moment or what he said, but I remember I started crying because I felt like I wasn't alone in how I was feeling in some way. And I've always held on to that moment, to, to, to that moment when it comes to me making music, because I understand that everything that I struggled with and went through and all the pain that I went through, it, it doesn't have to just do with me in the end. It has to do with everybody because there's people who felt what I felt or have gone through similar things. So now I try to utilize my music to be there for those people who went through those same things. And it took me a while to get to a point where I can like comfortably put that on record and just talk about certain things. But um, like in my earlier music, like my first like three mixtapes, you don't really hear that. It's just me trying to like prove that I'm a good rapper. Just trying to rap. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I definitely find myself in a place in my life where I, I'm, I'm back to that, you know, so yeah it worked. so it kind of yeah it kind of came like full circle yeah and definitely. now do you think that do you think now you can more accurately express the way that you feel or the way that you felt because you're so much more comfortable behind the mic uh yes and no or were you always comfortable behind or I, you i always i always force myself to be comfortable gotcha yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean like anybody i mean like yeah. all of us do right yeah mm-hmm. a lot of people like i think some people like a lot of people have been reaching out to me lately, asking me for tips and stuff, and I'm just like, okay, cool. I've been doing it for like seven years, but like, well, I think eight now, maybe. Yeah, well, I've been doing it for a minute. A minute. <laughs> Wild man. <laughs> and like, people come up to me asking like, yo, how do you rap? Like, where would you start and stuff? And I'm just like, yo, I don't have this this figured out at all. <laughs> I'm I'm just you know winging it as I go, but just something that I definitely can say. Of course, I'm not I'm not fake or anything. Everything that I speak about nine times out of ten is truthful but the term fake it till you make it definitely brings its own definition in my life time and time again because i have to when i step on stage sometimes i'm not feeling that confident in myself but i still have to put on a show so 
I fake the 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 energy of me feeling that I'm great and other people around me start to feel that energy that I'm great. Now, on record, when it comes to my music and stuff, when you listen to my music when you're sitting in my room, you can definitely hear the insecurities and whatnot. I'm definitely not as confident as I am on stage, but yeah, I feel like I'm like rambling. <laughs> That's the point of the podcast. So you can go off as far as you want, but yeah, no, I love how you t- I think also what you kind of said is on stage, you have to be some odd savage. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like right now, right here, or when you're, you know, talking to homie beforehand or whatever, mm-hmm. you can be you. And I think there is a lot of, separation between the artist and the person creating the art it depends on who you are and depends on the artist but a lot of you know you added savages and have like you added that to your like your first yeah. name Samad, but you yeah had, yeah like i i'm sully bop like sully's from my last name bop is i added that like mm. so we have these kind of things where we're like separated from our our music person yeah. and then there's our like life person yeah so when you step on stage now you become I have to channel that completely. you got to channel yeah. that Man, that's so. What? Um, how how long have you been performing with the drums and the and the uh, and the pedal? And like, when did you did you always use auto tune? This is like six questions at one at once. But did you always use the auto tune? Did you always use it on stage, man? I'm just so um, you know. I just want to learn about your process, man. It just it's I mean, very different. No, thank you for asking. Um, all right. So when it comes to the auto tune pedal, I got that maybe about two or three years ago. And the only reason I got it was because there was a part of a song that I used to like sing just a little bit. And there's actual auto-tune in the song. And whenever I did it live, I can't sing for shit live. So Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just needed something to, to, to be able to depend on that because like I wasn't going to let my ego get in the way of just trying to give people the best show that I can give them. So um, and when I started performing with live instrumentation... Uh, I've been doing that for like about four years now. I think the first time that I performed with a live band was uh at uh my my Urban Outfitter show in Montclair, which was absolutely fun, and uh, I I I loved it. And since then, I've tried to keep doing that because I feel like it it separates the experience of just listening to the song and then the experience of just being there, and it and it increases my value as a as a performer. God. yeah i think it does it adds a lot um and i think that a lot of people i think for me when i listen to your music and i hear or if i just listened to your music for the first time and i heard some like some of the auto-tune i would think it's what i assume auto-tune rappers are mm. you know i assume it's gonna be a certain type of lyrics i don't yeah. even have to explain it. yeah i know what I, you I don't mean. even have to explain myself <laughs> but when i listen to you you're talking about very real topics like ve- like very just you've and you know this whole entire thing that's going on in our world right now you've been you and I had my other friend Aaron Rainey like a lot of artists been talking about all this there's n- a lot of you guys have all been a very ahead of the game when it comes to that you knew we had problems you knew you've always spoken about it you've spoken about it in your music for so long and I just want to say that too is like it's ve- it, it I see I saw I hear whatever auto tune I get something in my head which a lot of people probably do and they hear, they think they're gonna hear a Travis Scott they think they're gonna hear whatever it might be but then I hear Samad is the the craziest like and then you're gonna go into some crazy fast shit like dude I'm just like taken away man I'm taken back by it but um that means a lot because I, I don't use I, I don't use auto tune as like a crutch to make my my myself interesting 
I just use it to be able to sing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know if you saw the the Poppin' Cypher. I think I probably saw it. Where, shout out to Crip for that. I don't that. know specifically, but I can pull but it up. There was a, I just know that there was a point of it where I did use autotune. And there were a couple of YouTubers who didn't even, like, really listen to what I was saying. Mm. They just kind of, like, as soon as that autotune part came in, just wrote it That's off. That's what I'm like, talking about. Yeah, they yeah. were like, nah, bro, shouldn't have used autotune. You were doing perfectly fine without it. And it's like, but you're not getting it. Like, I'm using it to, to, I'm utilizing it. I'm not even really using it. I'm utilizing it. And they'll just take it You're not it as, making up for anything. Yeah, yes, exactly. Like, you can, you wouldn't mind spitting the lyrics. Yes. Spitting the chorus. Yes. I know you don't care. Yeah. But it's like, if I can use this, it's going to, it's going to harmonize so much better with the actual, with the rest of the exactly. song. Exactly. It's like, a tool. It's a tool, right? You know, you know my song, uh, Good Night, right? Yeah. Could you imagine that song without that hook? Like, if I just said, like, good night, is a homie good? Would it look like? Like, it would sound mad weird. It would. Yeah, no, it would be. You want Also, you don't want it to sound like a verse or sound yeah, like the rest of the. Exactly. You know, it's not. It's mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't come off any of the same. Yeah, with that and the fat reverb, I mean, it's like, you're like, you're in a zone, though. You're in like a mode when you're in that auto-tune kind of world. I'm not. I've done it. Um, I've used it a little bit, I guess I just should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really make songs with it much. I just don't. Um, I haven't even really had the opportunity, I guess. Um, or somebody, I haven't been with an engineer and them i've never had a situation where they suggested i use it i used it and i liked it better so i just haven't gotten there yet i don't know maybe it's just not the but um, I mean, do, yeah. do you use it for your rapping or do you use it for your singing i don't sing really much so i use it for some hooks but so that's that's I'll what pitch I'm correct but i don't even yeah. use the full oh you auto-tune. you use like so you use logic right yeah I use logic. so you use pitch flex mm-hmm Yes, honestly, pitch flex is my jam. I yes, I, I prefer not to use uh, auto tune, and I think that's what sets Melodyne's kind of interesting too. That's yeah, a whole different but Melodyne thing. is pretty much pitch flex. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically the same thing. Yeah, I've been um, but yeah, you I've been like working at a studio. You kind of you see the rappers that come in that just say put the auto tune on. Yes, and that's the first mm-hmm. because they want to sound like the guy another guy who uses auto tune. Exactly, and then they just try to sound like that guy. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people who go hey. If we got to use, is it, I mean, can we pull that up? It's not going to fix. All right, then we'll just use the auto-tune. Mm. That whole scenario is the right, you know, yes. I want to say it's yes. right or it's wrong, but, you know, I, there's there's a more, mm. there's a professional way to do it, and then there's, uh, let me copy the somebody else. Yeah. yeah. And and no disrespect, man, we all start at that position, too. We yeah. all got to copy before we, before we come get into to where our we're own. Going. Sure. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I, when I do my songs, I'll have auto-tune on it just like i'll have actual auto-tune like full-blown hardcore speed all the way speed uh knob all the way down auto-tune uh while i'm singing it and that's just because i'm creating a reference for myself for what i'm for the direction i'm going in and then when it comes to the actual mixing and stuff i'll just rather you you know move one note at a time and stuff because i want it to sound i want it to sound natural I want it to sound like where I want to get at in singing, in singing. And I don't, like, with autotune, I don't eventually want to sound like a robot. I want to eventually be a good, a actually good singer. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking in circles now. My no, bad. that's the point of the podcast. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you, man. It all comes back. It just goes, does what it wants. But um, mm-hmm. I'm curious about, you know, your production. I mean, a lot of artists, um, and I think you have interesting, like, you don't have mainstream beats as, as far as i you know what i see thank you um and what i've heard yeah anytime man but uh you know a lot of artists will 
rightly so, they'll just opt to get a producer or buy their beats online and things mm-hmm. like that. So what made you not want to? And I, you know, maybe you've bought a beat or something before, but what made you want to do them yourself? Did you have any music background as far as that goes? Or so I've been producing since I was eight years old. Mm. I've been writing since I was ten, and I started rapping when I was about fourteen. So. With that being said, I kind of just always made beats, and my beats were trash when I first started, but I was just thinking, like, if nobody gonna rap with my beats, fuck it, I'm gonna try. Yep. Sorry, I don't know if we can curse. Oh, as much as you want. Okay, yeah. cool. Explicit, explicit <laughs> fucking podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, so um, that's kind of where it started out, and now that my production is better, it helps, Um, especially because whenever I work with another producer, it's more so a collaboration than it is just having somebody make a beat for me. I actually dig into it and, and, and try to make it fit my sound or my vocals more. So, like, for example, um, the beat for Good Night, produced by Troopa. Really amazing producer. I, I like the kick that he had in there, but there's a certain kick that I prefer because it fits my sound more. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if he knows this, but I replaced the kick in that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't replace the 808, but there was a point where I didn't like the way his, uh, the, the, the pitch of the, uh, of the bass in the chorus was bending because it was getting in the way of my auto-tuned vocals because the auto-tuned vocals are just trying to stay on the right pitch. So I just like sampled it and like moved the pitch around for it to anyhow. No, it's a collaboration. Yeah, nerd stuff. Yeah. (laughs) We got producers listening. I've had had producers on here. No, honestly, nerd isn't a bad word for me. No, I'm a nerd nerd too. (laughs) Just depends what. Podcast, music, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so as as I said, I it, it I I suggest that to any artist at all. If you learn production, it gives you the upper hand against all of the other people you work with. You can't you can't say how does this person get this sound, and then be obsessed and then look up uh the baby type beat on YouTube and rap over that, and then people just say oh this song is good, but it sounds so much like the baby. Maybe if you actually bought a beat from the from the producer whether it be on YouTube or anything you get a the baby type beat and then you have the stems and you know how to produce and then you switch it a little bit so it's your more like more so your own style and it's, then you can rightfully say oh this was inspired by example the baby but I did my own thing with it you know what I'm saying yep that's i think that's the best that's a great way to do it because you can i even you don't even have to produce just mm-hmm. watch a producer yes do their thing Watch, because I going into it, I didn't realize that like a tracking engineer is different from a producer, mm. and I didn't realize there's all different types of engineers and recording engineers yeah. and, and mastering engineer. I thought mixing was the same as mastering. I don't know, <laughs> dude. I don't know. Nobody really knows. Artists don't know. Yeah, they go, "What do you mean? What do you mean from the master? You mean the mix?" Yeah, they're like, "Don't, don't, or just bounce it out and send it to me." You know what's funny? I still can't accurately describe what a master is to this day, and I mix and master my songs. I've heard it put mm. that mastering just makes it sound good on everything. Yes, that's that's a good way to describe it. But it's like, I mean, shoot, I know. But shouldn't I, it, wouldn't the mix exactly do that? exactly? Yeah. I, I consider it. I guess this. it's the polish, the finish. You yeah, know? like mixing is pretty much like leveling, make sure making sure everything is on the same same levels, and uh, and choosing different effects for different things, while mastering is more so working on its loudness. Like, I recently discovered this, and this is going to be old news to a lot of other people, but a big part of mastering is setting it so the limit of it is, you know, at zero dB, right? But then making it so the, I don't even know the name of the second bar, but, like, making that 
the threshold or something? Yeah. Maybe the threshold. Yeah. But making sure all of the quiet parts of the song are turned up. Yes. So it's pretty much stays more consistent. And that makes music sound louder. Because people I, think everything... Well, when you... Not people think, but mm-hmm. in the beginning, you just think it's loudness. Yes. Right? Exactly. But you don't realize that the quiet parts are quiet for a reason. Yeah, and they're exactly. quiet. Because you'll have that little background hi-hat with, mm-hmm. on a 30-second note or something. Yeah. And you're like, you want to turn it up because you're like, mm-hmm. nobody's going to hear it. The point is not for them to hear it. The point is them for them... The point is to have it so it's all cohesive. Yes. So even if you pulled one piece out and you said, did you notice that? They mm-hmm. would have to think about it. Yes. Right? But yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's it. And yeah, also, I think also mastering is more like kind of taking the finished track and then making yeah. that sound so much better. Yes. But I've I've really, uh, I mean, people do it differently. I know people who don't even really master. Like they kind of just mix slash master and then mm-hmm. that's about it. And then, yeah. you know, they kind of have their own, you know, it's crazy because everybody's got their own way yeah. of doing it. Like, I'm still, um, you know, I've definitely mastered a few of my tracks, but I'd, I'll still send them out. I'll mix them and then send them out for something. I mean, that's the them. best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if you're just starting out, always mix your records, but still send it out to see if somebody can do it better. Because the goal isn't to do everything by yourself. The goal is to put out the best quality music in the end. 100%. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And a lot of people, what I, I used to do a lot of marketing for artists and I always told them like, you don't got to do it, but somebody's got to do it for mm-hmm. you. And I think there's a good transition because you have, you have a good, a solid platform. You have a lot of fans, you know, and you just hit that almost 40,000 mark, man. That's thank huge. You. And on the IG, it's like 20,000 or something yeah, crazy. Thank you very much. Um, But how, you know, did you have a way, did you, say one day i'm gonna build my fan base like this is what i'm gonna do or like how did that happen people people literally ask me sometimes like business-wise they're like oh what's your goals what do you want to be what do you want to do and i'm just like yo i just want to i don't want to backtrack i just want to keep moving up and up and up and they're like well you're never going to get anywhere that way and i've been seeming to get places that way so (laughs) so it's not sometimes it's not bad to know to not know exactly what you want. All I know is this. I want to be able to live comfortably off of my music. I don't need no super big house in the hills of L.A. Uh, I don't need uh, a waiter and a butler. and I said a waiter and a butler. I meant to say a maid and a butler. <laughs> <laughs> Power the podcast. Yeah, and I don't need 70, 100 million women. Like, I, do, I want a simple life, but like, I want to be able to do it on my own. I don't want to have to depend on another person. Depend on a, a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to have to. I, actually, I don't mind living check to check. But yeah. no, yeah, that's not what I'm talking yeah, about. Paycheck from wanna, somebody. Yes, somebody else making yes. somebody else money. Yes. With your time. Exactly. You I don't want to make wanna, your money with your time. Exactly. That's a great goal to have. What mm-hmm. is um? Where's I going for that? So you're just trying to. You don't do you have like two, five, ten year goals with this or like that's basically the question that you were just talking about. But do you I have life goals. Yeah, you gotta have music goals. goals. Like I I I plan on having my first kid maybe in about I'm twenty four now, so maybe about four more years. You're married now, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Uh I plan on having my first kid uh in four more years. I'm already married and like that's what I look forward to in life. Like I do want to be successful in music and I don't ever want to stop music, but I'm not really concerned where, where I'm going to be at. And since I've had that state of mind, I was probably at the beginning of this year, I used to catch a uh, seasonal depression 
mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the wintertime, like around New Year's, and right on, on or before my birthday. And it's because every birthday, every year, I just look at all the things that I did and feel like it wasn't enough. I didn't do enough. I could have did this. I wasted so much time. And that would happen every New Year's and my birthday, as I just said. But I recently, this year, got to a point where I was like, you know what? I can't put so much pressure on myself. I need to be comfortable regardless because whatever isn't meant for me isn't going to come to me. And whatever is meant for me will come to me. So since I've had that state of mind, I've been a lot more at peace. I don't get frantic. Uh, I, I, When you have anxiety, you live with anxiety. You know what I'm saying? So I get that from time to time. But it's not over the things that I used to and it's a lot less frequent. So. Mm-hmm. Do you do anything consistently or on a day-to-day basis that, like, do you have a routine? Do you have anything that really helps you kind of stay, I guess, use the woo-woo centered term? But I talk about meditation a lot and kind of self-development on this podcast. So I've been meaning to get back to it. I I haven't meditated in so long, and and I felt like it was helping, but (laughs) it was one awkward moment that made me stop it. Uh, My my, my girl tried to meditate with me one, one time. And she immediately caught anxiety and was like, this isn't for me because she didn't like she can't just sit in silence and just like it makes her think about all the problems she had. She could possibly have going on or has going on. And I understood that. But since she couldn't do it with me, I just stopped doing it. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. I let me and my girl did it one day and she mm-hmm. was cool. She did it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how much because you don't you never know really what it yeah. is. It's kind of a thing that you can't put your hands hands on so um but she was doing it with me but you know it wasn't her thing you know yeah, and, and, and yeah. it wasn't my thing for a long time i started doing like 30 minutes a day um uh, does she live with you no no we kind of my yeah, girl lives yeah, with yeah. me that's why i stopped because uh-huh. it's like well i'm not just gonna sit oh here. no she knows though when she's <laughs> over like she knows in the morning i'm i start i'm gonna wake up and mm-hmm. then i'm gonna meditate and start doing push-ups and start doing my thing i'll be reading a book but she'll still be asleep so it's part it's cool. oh but like up? She sleeps in, I wake up early, it's like yeah. the balance, but it's funny because it is kind of different for, for everybody, but yeah, I always wonder with people is like, is there something, like for me, meditation is great, mm. it doesn't work all the time, it doesn't yeah. even work that much, sometimes, well, most of the time you just don't realize it's working. I mean, like, not know? to get like super religious on you or anything, but I'm Muslim, so like, I pray five times a day, and I don't know if you've ever wow. seen a Muslim pray, but it takes about two to six minutes, right? And... Taking a two a, a two to six minute, or let's just balance it out and say five minutes. Five times five is 25. Uh, so you have about 25 minutes throughout your day, random points that you have to just relax and not focus on anything, but not just God, but just like you have to think about uh, your existence, your place in the world. It's very similar to meditation. You get what I'm saying? It is a meditation. There's yeah. no definition of meditation. Well, yeah, that too. So yoga is, I mean, there probably is, but yoga <laughs> is, you know, working out, walking, yeah. sitting, yeah, even driving. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. You're literally taking, you're taking a small portion of your day to mm-hmm. be grateful and then think of your place in the world. I mean, that's, yeah. So if that's, that's, that's it, man. That's yeah. the thing that, you know. That's good. That, that's crazy. That's really like centers you. I'm, I don't know much about the Muslim religion. I've, mm. I've kind of was a Christian for, you know, brought up a Catholic. And then, you know, there was a point when I was like, this is not mm. it, you know. So then I did the whole like, you know, fuck all of it. None of it matters. Yeah. None of it. Blah, blah, blah. Then I started I actually um, read a really uh, interesting book. It's called Spirituality Without Religion mm. uh, by Sam Harris. And that kind of got me kind of opened my eyes to he's yeah. actually um I think he's an expert on the Muslim 
uh, religion and Islam. And mm-hmm. so he and he wrote this book and and it was kind of because he would bring parts of kind of all different religions mm-hmm. and, and put it together. But um, so but how long have you been have you been Muslim your whole life um, or did you find it yourself or did? OK, so I was born Muslim as in like I was born into a not actually a Muslim family, only my mom and my father. Well, my father's side of the family is all Muslim. My mom's side of the family, which I actually grew up with, is uh, she's Muslim and then everybody else is Christian. Gotcha. Um, and I just did what I was told. And then when I was about like 13, I didn't necessarily denounce Islam or anything, but I just like was like, I mean, I've been listening to everybody my whole life. Like, let me find out my own stuff for me. And I didn't necessarily switch religions. I just was religionless for a while, and eventually I came back to um to 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 Islam because it it made the most sense to me. And that was after like reading into other things. But uh, the funny thing is, I totally understand that energy that you were talking about, where it's like where you kind of do leave your uh, initial beliefs that your parents displayed upon you, and you kind of start off so angry like that's people, almost why too because yeah. you're almost angry because it's you like feel retaliation deceived. you feel deceived yeah you're like wait up there's so many more other yep. ones and you guys didn't even tell me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but my, my mom thankfully was never like closed-minded she's and i think because her mom wasn't closed-minded because to be a christian mother and let your daughter become muslim and not have an issue with that and like be open-minded like my grandmother oh my gosh yo my grandmother i never had anything against christians but like if i ever did my grandmother would be the perfect example of a great christian woman because she actually takes the time to sit down and listen and talk and and it's never like uh well you're wrong and i'm right she always just open-minded and i just wish more people would be like that in religion in totality muslims christians if everybody could be open-minded and have conversations about it i feel like uh religion wouldn't be such a taboo topic you know no yeah it it uh to, to identify with it mm-hmm. is that's really what happened. I mean, it, you're seeing it in our culture every day and, and what happens to anything is that once you get your identity tied to something, yeah. it's very hard to understand to, it's very hard to not say this other person's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's hard to be like, Oh, they just, their experience led them this way. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it is. Everybody's exactly. the culmination exactly. of all their experiences. So you're just the culmination brought you to Muslim just made sense for you, exactly. you know, and it clicked and you know, that's how it, how it is. No, true, man. And not to get like too, like too cyberish, but like, I think being, well, being black, number one and being Muslim, there's so much like hatred and pain and stuff that goes with that to the point where it makes me understand it's made me a more open-minded person like i personally i'm not a trump supporter or anything but i'm not one of those people who's gonna like not listen to anybody who's a trump supporter just because they're a trump supporter like i feel like everybody has a place in this world and even if it's opposite of mine i can't hate them or want to attack them or anything for that because i'm no better than the people who've hated and attacked me for simply who I am, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, just that that was more so on open-mindedness. 
Yeah, everybody's on. I mean, we're all doing the same. We all got the same disposition. Like mm-hmm. we're here for a certain amount of time. We don't know how long, and shit, we got to do something with it. Exactly. And so, just to even take the time out to be like, that person likes the person I don't like. Yeah. Fuck them. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> that's literally like. Well, you're just. I love like. I don't. Um. I try not to quote Gary Vee too much anymore, but mm. um, he was like, you're just hating on yourself. You are because you're mm. just giving your energy to somebody else who you don't even like apparently you know it's like it's crazy but yeah it's a it's we're so it's so divisive which is the crazy shit like um you know and people will you know just assume you 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 trend one way or they'll look at me oh they oh he's definitely a trump guy you know like just you know it's like and and i'm i you know probably sit somewhere in the middle in all reality right but honestly me too it's yeah i mean i I think most people firstly let me because i want to clear that up immediately (laughs) yeah Uh, i feel like my preference is i'm 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 definitely anti-trump but that doesn't mean I'm anti-Republican. Mm. I'm also not anti-Democratic. Yep. Between the left wing and the right wing, I definitely like sit somewhere in the middle, more towards the right wing. As far as right like wing, ideas go. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, everything, I don't feel like everything should be like put into that. Like, if for example, could you imagine if like somebody said, "Oh, I identify as Christian," and then somebody immediately goes, "Oh, so you're part of the KKK." <laughs> yeah right <laughs> or oh i identify as muslim oh so you're part of isis yeah like so i think we shouldn't generalize these mm. or one go to the broad next description step. Yeah. yeah yeah these very well, broad it's also you got to think about it if somebody says um oh i'm muslim all you know about muslim is what you know about muslim mm-hmm. muslims and the yes. religion yes so you're just judging on only what you know Mm-hmm. So like, yes. it's like you don't know Take the time what they to listen know. and talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if somebody does just straight up say I'm a KKK member, I'm gonna, I'm gonna judge. Yeah. But <laughs> Dude, have you? Oh man, I watched a great Joe Rogan podcast mm-hmm. on this guy. <sighs> Why am I forgetting his name? Uh, black dude mm-hmm. and blues blues player. Very talented. oh, the, the dude who like went into like people. the KKK. He's converted 200 plus yeah. people. He <laughs> crazy day. He's like sitting at a bar because he was playing at this bar, and mm-hmm. a white guy sits down next to him. He's like, "Damn, like I never met a, a black man that I you know enjoy their music or." Yeah. And then oh, I never met a black man I had a conversation with, mm-hmm. and then and then he's converting, and then he goes to Joe Rogan, literally brings him the outfit like, yeah. that the guy gave him. Yeah, you know, yeah. It I in. saw a documentary on him before uh, the interview with Joe Rogan. Yep. But Yeah. I just I think that's a brave guy because I hell no I'm not going around there. I'm not trying to get that killed. just shows you that people are it's really just like their mindset. Yeah. Like, you know? No, obviously there's people in the KKK that are really bad. Yeah, yeah. But, but there's no, people they were raised this yeah, way. They were yeah. raised that way. And oh that's always what I say, man, is like and you know, you could argue the cops versus people versus whatever thing is like somebody made made it okay for those people to live to believe those things exactly. somebody empowered that thought mm-hmm. and but, and but the yeah. the thing is mm-hmm. we live in a time where there's internet so i can't i could almost say there's no excuse or we could say the excuse becomes slimmer and slimmer every day because well, we depends have how access. old you are i guess but yeah we yeah. have access to all of this information yep so there's no reason that somebody my age should be hateful towards a black person and i mean i would only i wouldn't talk about it if it didn't exist but i've seen videos online of people out in our age group or even younger sometimes still you know with the hatred towards each other yeah and, no i've seen it at my own school yeah. examples i've seen obviously yeah yeah so it's just it, it it makes no sense because we've we now have a opportunity to learn more about each other so that's the reason why like for example me and my girl i hate to keep bringing back 
uh, Trump up, but he's our president. Dude, go, he is. It's <laughs> the facts. No, but, I, don't, um, I don't mind. Me and my girlfriend were talking about him the other day. Now, she absolutely hates him, and she feels like uh, he uh, is just a terrible person, And but she feels like he's an idiot. And I said, well, he's an idiot to an extent. I don't think that... I think that he's smart enough to know what he's doing and knows what he's saying. So, for example, the tweet when he... Uh, uh, he used the word thugs or something like that in reference to the protesters, knowing that it's like, okay, I get it. You want to call people who loot thugs because thievery is a is a um a crime? Understandable. But there are people of all races who are looting, right? But the issue with him is he'll use a word like thugs, knowing that a predominant amount of his, well, I don't want to say predominant amount, but uh, there was there's a, a group of people who support him who are KKK members or neo-Nazis or... These fringe people. Yeah, yeah, these these violent people. Yes. He knew when he tweeted that out that those fans are going to see that. And no less than an hour later, I mean, no more than an hour later, through Philly, there were a couple of... There was a group of white men who were recognizable as Trump supporters and stuff like that purposely seeking black people to beat up and my issue with trump is if if that was an accident you're a president and you understand you, there's no way you don't understand the, these numbers and stuff it's a derogatory you know, term yeah you you understand that there are people out here who are going to take this and say okay it's time for us to rise up and since uh donald trump has has uh said that people should uh take matters into their own hand in the streets there's been a lot of black people who've been hung and it's kind of like, it seems like there's, there's these little dog whistles, as they say, towards the people who will do these negative things. It like, if Obama said, if Obama tweeted, you know, Obama would never use the word. Thugs. Yeah. No, he wouldn't use the word. Thugs, and I'm not saying but, you're saying that I'm yeah. just saying off the top, off my dome, like, <laughs> what, he, what an orator that that dude was. But, but, yeah, firstly, I'm not, say. I'm not the biggest Obama fan, but I'm just saying hypothetically. Yeah. If Obama, Speaks different than Trump. Does. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. But but if Obama tweeted out, uh, "All my people, it's time for reparations." What do you think would happen? There will be a bunch of black people who are super duper black superhero type people that would attack white people. It would happen most likely at least once. I mean, and and I'm not saying that that makes it okay or anything. But I'm saying Obama knows where he's at. And then oh, Obama, you're saying, you're kind of saying, well, like, just using that could incite using the word reparations. things no matter yes. what kind of, yes, yes, yes. Now, when he, now I'm saying if Obama said that, he could be meaning it's time to get reparations from a country that they, we loan to. Yeah, as, but if he as said it's so general that yes. people go, would yes. interpret it the way they want exactly. to interpret it. Exactly, yeah. and, and that's and that's my issue with, with Trump. He's not using his platform in the way that he, he should. He doesn't, I mean, the thing, listen, I'm not, you know, he's done good things, he's done yeah. bad things. That's yeah. how I feel. Um, I'm, I can't go through everything, but I think yeah. at this point, he doesn't really, I think most of the time he doesn't even know what he's going to say. I, yeah. I, I, I think maybe there's certain words that he knows he wants to use, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of it's just fucking freestyle, dude. It's yeah. like, yeah. it's like, he's like an open mic. Yeah. And, and, and that's, it is an open mic. Point. It's just him yeah. on a mic. And they're like sitting back, obviously like what we started to see in the beginning of this, of the whole, you know, Trump administration was mm-hmm. people not being able to control him. Yeah. Now it's gone fucking just crazy yeah. off the, you know now it's but it seems like there's not a lot of there's no rhetoric there's no you know mm-hmm. obviously 
I don't love Obama either, but at least I I liked how he spoke more. Yeah. At least I feel like yeah. I feel I don't want to feel like my president's just freestyling everything. Yeah. Like exactly. tell me how you feel, but tell me how you feel in the context of a uh, three hundred million people have to understand it. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So when you use the word thug. That's gonna say. Why don't you just say the riots and the loot? The, you know, yeah, the, 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 yeah. the people looting and rioting. We, you know, obviously there's a lot of other things with the tear gas and all. Like, yeah, most definitely. I mean, and they and they were because because at the end of the day, Donald Trump's not responsible for the officers that do you know go overboard or, mm-hmm. or harm people and stuff. I feel like that's something that's it's a whole that, other thing to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, we have to we have to deal with that. Uh, not one town at a time, but I'm saying. We have to vote the right people into our townships. What are your thoughts on the defund and the, you know, kind of what the change is? I feel like we should defund the police only because the police are overly funded. In Montclair, New Jersey, for example, um, and I'm cool with some Montclair police, so this isn't like an attack on them. Um, There's 30, about 30, I think 35,000 people who live in Montclair. Why... Is the department of the Montclair Police Department getting sixteen million a year? Sixteen million. Now I don't know how how much uh, the the school is funded in comparison, but I know that there's a lot of places where the police are way overly funded. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, L.A. two billion dollars a year. Where does that money? Where's that money truthfully going to? Cars, so, bro. Yeah, I mean, maybe cars. Maybe it's no, all cars. No, one. But I'm saying a new car for everybody oh, every yeah. year, dude. It's yeah. not. It's but that's feasible. not going to help anything. No, yeah. No. Yeah. So I can't. I forgot the town, right? Oh, Camden. Camden was one of the towns that uh, defunded the police yeah. uh, a couple of years ago, and since they then, rehired all new. Yeah, they fired yeah, everybody and rehired. Yes. yes, and since then the crime has decreased fifty percent. I think. Yeah. So. We have one towns. Example. Yeah. yeah, we have American sure. towns to to utilize as examples. We don't have to do it across the country immediately. I don't but. know if defunding. I don't know if that's the. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if that's gonna if that's what works. I mm-hmm. all I'm thinking is more training, mm-hmm. better vetting. Mm-hmm. So let's make sure people don't come in who shouldn't be there. Yeah. Four year degree for mm-hmm. every cop township state cop mm-hmm. at least. I know a college degree whatever we can talk about. Yeah. That. Different. Make a new degree for it then. Yes. The training that they have, you literally like. They should be training. Uh, I. They could become I cops in like a month. Navy SEAL. Yeah. No, yeah. my friend uh, just became a cop, and uh, he went through. What is it? How, what was the academy? Six months, I think. Yeah. Um. But the ongoing training is almost non-existent, and they yeah. threw him right in the car too by mm-hmm. himself, which is not. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but um. I I heard a Navy SEAL talking about it, and he was like, he was like to be you know to be like I, I mean my mom's a bus driver like you gotta mm-hmm. go through some hours for that background check all everything right um and like there's other jobs where you need a lot more training he said that they should be training 25 percent of the job right so if you're Mm -hmm. working five days a week you train one so either do two hours a day three Mm -hmm. hours a day or you do once a week on on de-escalation yeah they don't teach them conversation like like it should never the first thing you do when you see somebody is you see them and then you talk to them Mm -hmm. but they're not trained how to talk to people. They're trained to just aim their guns. And listen, I don't. I'm not an expert on the police training. I never went through it. Yeah. I don't know it. But from what I think, I don't know if that means they give them more money. Mm-hmm. I think it just means make sure the money does the right things. Yeah. I don't yeah, know if I that's agree. more. I don't know if that's less. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking more vetting and more education and mm-hmm. more training. 
and 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 maybe having those community service oriented people be able to do a little bit more well uh, here's the thing i feel like a lot of the things pay for itself so if we're talking about the academy right who funds colleges in the first place that's a general question i think it has a little bit to do with tax and then sponsorships and many State different things and, yeah, yeah government aid so so when it comes to that why aren't we funding the academies more? That's yeah, what that yes, can go to. Yes, right. You, and that's the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So if we make that mm-hmm. real tight and we got the training is crazy there, they're locked in for a year. They got to go for a yeah. year. And it's, I, feel yeah. like, I feel like a little more. I feel like two years. Two years, maybe. Yeah. I feel like two years maybe would be it, better. Maybe it's, it's a four-year yeah. thing and it's two years and, and it's college and training at the yeah. same time or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. It just it has something has to change and like that's why like a lot of people will just say defund the police mm-hmm. and we got to end the police it's like whoa whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. you're not a police expert like you're not a well, training they're expert doing it in, I, they're but, doing it in, yeah. in minneapolis right now mm-hmm. right and that's good. i'm glad you know about this because i don't know what the next yeah I'm, I'm so so I, I don't know too much about it either i'm just telling you what i've been reading on For my sure. timeline no, <laughs> <laughs> me too dude me too i, I but yeah. but i know that they're doing that right now and honestly i'm excited to see where it goes because change starts with change so until we try something we won't know if it worked something may sound like a ridiculous idea such as defunding the police but until we have more examples of it not working we're not going to be able to and, and what a perfect place to try it out you know um and we have to change something i think yes, that's the thing yes. right all right mm-hmm. hey this ain't working i don't know if it's fund defund yeah. refund i don't know what it is <laughs> man but <laughs> like pull all right let me get that thirty thousand back like yeah. hey and cops maybe they have to get paid more i don't they don't get paid yeah. that much that well um and maybe. you know state cops get paid pretty good but i think i mean it's a hard job too it's i think like, we need to rework so the variables. policing system though yeah, yeah. and i mean like, like we have people... to rework i mean shit we gotta rework so many systems yeah. school system tax yes. system police. yes but like for example school system right mm-hmm. if a teacher's being a bad teacher teachers will report that teacher or students will report that teacher or parents will report that teacher and that teacher will get fired that remains on that teacher's record mm-hmm. um nursing if you have a history of like a couple of different patients dying over and over again mm-hmm. you're gonna get fired you know what i'm saying uh or you'll get reported or there's some kind of say i worked in the hospital before yeah. i was a, a secretary in in the uh mri department and there was a time where somebody had gotten uh what's the name uh what is it called chemotherapy oh no no not chemo uh, mri. mri duh sorry no, <laughs> they had an mri two weeks from apart uh and and they did an inspection on the whole department immediately that could hurt somebody getting an MRI two weeks apart, but it's not gonna it's not gonna kill somebody, mm-hmm. right? But even in that little instance, they had to do a full investigation, and somebody could have got fired. Yeah. Yeah. So school system, medical system, you can name other systems. Yep. There's always some kind of actual consequences. There's there's not that mentality of uh, that in the hospital. I mean, certain people look out for certain people, but it's usually individualism. And there's also the uh, was it what is it called the um when a couple of employees in, in, a, in a company decides like to take a whistleblower union there's a oh, union oh, yeah my dad's a union organizer <laughs> yes yeah awesome so so yeah there's there's unions and stuff but if somebody does something wrong they get in trouble with police officers it's like oh we all got to stick together it's kind of like a frat brotherhood kind of thing and also the thing is if you're in a, if you are uh you know a younger officer right and you see an older officer doing something 
that you know you don't think is right mm-hmm. and then you go to the chief or whatever but the chief is boys with the that officer yes. that did something you don't want to get fired exactly you ain't gonna say shit exactly because you got a family mm-hmm. and you got it and you got it this i literally went through the academy i'm here i'm at this department i mm-hmm. can't leave i'm in this house i have a mortgage just because this guy did something i can't say anything i gotta keep my yeah. job right so there needs to be another something an external i think what they're gonna like do is have a promising job like company yeah. coming into um you know kind of break it down and yes. make sure and do and i don't know if like the bias there's like bi- anti-bias checks and bias mm-hmm. things like I, I don't know if that works but some kind of outside thing coming in and and being able to do some kind of external check so it's not biased by the police department itself yeah i mean god there's so much to it man so much there's so do. much to it but so i you know did you feel like you know um did you feel like you need you released a video and uh a couple videos one was before uh, or kind of during this saying i don't know exactly what you were saying but i don't know it wasn't uh it was i guess like encouraging people just to protest i think or yeah if i'm wrong and then you had like the police come to your house or something yes so okay. what was that whole i'm just curious about that so uh the initial video was to tell people i had heard a rumor that things were going to get serious like out there like people were going to start looting in a specific town and uh i wanted to utilize my platform to tell people to like just stay home like first of all don't loot and also secondly don't uh don't uh don't even worry about protecting your stores because life is not worth items so that's all i said and then cops came to my house without a warrant and like interrogated me for like three hours like and uh eventually the fbi came Thankfully, my father called uh, irate. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they just kind of like s- scattered and, and dipped out and stuff. But it was just a very uncomfortable situation, especially at a time where like all I've been seeing, like as a black man, all I've been seeing on my timeline is a bunch of videos of, you know, cops committing injustice mm-hmm. on African-Americans. And it was kind of hard to sleep the next like it's almost ironic nights. that they did that yeah but on, to be honest with on, you on a i think if i posted that the they want to yeah arrest. no most definitely and and the fact is <laughs> the funny thing is they i forgot exactly how but they asked questions and found out that i was muslim which is something that i don't try to hide no. and i can just tell like he said oh so you're muslim okay like he like oh, you know what man. i'm saying so like they were trying to definitely just pin stuff on me uh consider me like as like some kind of like, like threat or something or like yeah, some kind of violence or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah. like what did the FBI You're literally to telling to people that? to stay home. Exactly. Well this is the thing also, they have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or maybe they do. They're just mm-hmm. not instructed to do it. Yeah. And, and then the the, the the one of the officers had lied. Uh he he uh they they were trying to reach out to 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 to, to uh my friend that gave me that information. And I said I'm not gonna give any of his information unless he's fine with that. I said, you can even sit here and I'll put on speaker. I'll call him and let him know the situation and ask if I can give that information yeah. up. And uh, they just said uh, they had to go see if that's okay with the boss. This dude says, oh, no, well, he didn't say that. He said, hold on, I'm getting a call. Faked the call, came back upstairs real quick, like, yeah, my daughter uh, fell off her bike. Some stupid bullshit story. Bullshit. <laughs> yep. And the whole time he was down there just trying to, like, speak to his boss and, like, clear that and stuff. And I, I could tell, but it's like, these are the people that we're supposed to trust. I'm being completely compliant 
and letting y'all dude you look. made an instagram video dude. yeah and i i tried to you be made peaceful. an instagram that's it yes you did nothing yes else i did nothing that. wrong you're not telling people loot you're not telling people get violent and, you're literally telling people stay home and, and they didn't come with a warrant i could have came they could have came to the door and i could have been like yo fuck you guys get yeah. out of here and, and all that but i was compliant i was trying to be peaceful yes. and stuff and show them like yo i'm not a threat i'm trying to be helpful and they still chose to lie and like it was a whole crazy situation man but well, um, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but that's just that's the landscape, man. Like that's it. Like that's what. Yeah. The re- that's how it is. Like I think if it wasn't just because I've had trouble with cops before, not on my end. Like I haven't done anything. I don't. I don't be committing crimes and stuff. I'm, I consider myself somebody who tries to follow the law as much as I can. But um, the issue that had me paranoid is when they brought FBI agents in there. Yeah. And the FBI agents were not dressed as FBI agents. They just look like regular people. And, like, when you see that up close, like, of course you hear about these things, but, like, yeah. it had me paranoid for well, so You don't long. know who's who here. Like, yeah. no name tags, yeah. no nut. Like, hey, wait up, I need badge numbers, yes. guys. Like, yeah, I, and I got the badge numbers, but I just decided not to move forward with it because I didn't want to be a target. You get what I'm saying? And you took the high road, man. You just said, hey, listen, yeah. hey, I'm out. I'm safe. My family's safe. We're good. Like, mm-hmm. let me, at least I got that. Yeah. This is bullshit. Yeah. And I could do yeah. it, but yeah, no. And then you stir in the pot more. Yep. Then now they know. Mm-hmm. This and now is they what know this he's all about. Out and yep. Yeah, he's yep. putting on a social, you know, mm-hmm. fuck cops. Like, nah, never put anything like that. But that's the <laughs> yeah. picture they would paint. They want to. They want to so badly. But um, yeah, man. All I can say is like, it was, it wasn't a terrifying experience because the stuff that I rap about, the stuff that I speak up on, I look at myself as a revolutionary. I know that at any given point my life could be over, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody in the higher-ups feels threatened. So I wasn't necessarily scared about that part, but the point of nothing happens to you, but you feel like something may happen to you is harder to live with. Yeah. <laughs> oh I was just, God. yeah, I was I was paranoid for a couple of weeks. But, uh, and I still kind of, like, I get, like, because they started by banging on my door. So, like, anytime that I hear, like, a bang, like, that was similar to that, I kind of get like, I don't want to say PTSD because I'm not like a war veteran or anything, yeah. but like, I definitely, you know, remember that. No, it's just trauma- post-traumatic. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. It could be anything. Yeah. Anything yeah. traumatic. That whenever like I hear a cop siren, sometimes the cops be mad far away and I'll hear a cop siren and feel like they're here for me. So like, it definitely yeah. ruined my peace for a bit, but at the same time, I re- I feel like I need to remain resilient for my, for, for, for the people who like follow me and whatnot. So whoever does True. see this, you know, like it's possible to move past that and still utilize your platforms for uh positivity yes. and and exposure. So yeah, yeah and I, I'll tell you one thing, man. Like I think, I you know, I mean, you driving up, you would probably assume kind of what my experience is. Like, there's not. It, I went to a school with a lot of white people. Mm. There's that's it. That was it. You know, there was you know some. There was like maybe. I graduated with 230 people, I think. There was, like, oh. maybe five. Did you grow up in this town? I did, yeah, right here. Oh, all right. And so maybe there was, like, four or five black people in my class, mm-hmm. maybe, like, one Asian person, and mm-hmm. that was it. So, But I think kind of this whole entire thing, and, and which I know is somewhat of the purpose of it, but, like, I think it opened my eyes more to the black experience in America. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's not like I was ignorant to it. It's not like I denied it. Yeah. But I'm of the mentality of, with a lot of things, of, like, 
oh, that's, you know, you can get, you can work around it. Like, mm, oh, I'm yeah. not getting paid as much as, as this guy. Mm. I'm a female. Like, that's a problem. It's a systematic problem. Like, where I would, what I would have said maybe like a year ago in my past mentality of like, mm. how, how about you just find a way? Yeah. Like, how about you just ask yeah. for a raise? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm of the mentality. <laughs> it's like, but I can't say, nah, just don't give a shit about them being racist. Yes. What am I, I can't say that. I mean, you can't control that person. But this is the thing. That's, and this is yeah. the reason why, like, I mean, mm. uh, some people around me, I don't want to expose anybody, but some people around me suggested that, like, protesting and stuff is not going to do anything. And I'm like, no, this is a different generation. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how old you are. 21. Uh, 21. Okay. So you're 21. Uh, my brother is 18. I protested in my town, so I saw my I saw some people I knew. I saw some people my brother knew, all different races, possibly more white people than black people. Mm-hmm. We had them here, like really close. Like yeah, it's been minutes. all over America, I, all over. And I feel like everybody's finally, finally waking up. Uh, cause I've had ignorant things said to me, like not just racist things, but like. I call it pseudo racism. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, like unconscious. Or yeah, something, like, or yeah. Where they're key. just like, why don't you just uh, you know, like, oh, if you're afraid of the cops, just do the right thing. And it's just like, you don't understand. I'm, I'm being almost, targeted. That was I'm almost. <laughs> I'm, that's what I'm almost saying. Like that was almost yeah. my mentality. I think yeah. it's you know, and because but the reality of the situation is, mm-hmm. it's not just about you can do all the right things and get fucked. Exactly. And exactly, a lot of shit isn't fair mm-hmm. it's just less fair for minorities i mean well per- perfect uh, story yeah. one time i just graduated right college high school uh high school okay. <laughs> and uh me and my friends i went to the mall came back uh to my friend's house who lives right across from the high school and i was like bro like we just graduated like let's just walk past the high school like and just have memories yep. we walk past the high school we sit on the uh, the front stairs for like less than it had to be less than a minute five cop cars come up and by the way let me describe the friends i'm with one's light skin one's dark skin i'm literally right in the middle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but both black yep. and five cop cars pull up and they're like put your hands up guns pointed at us and we're just like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. like we don't know what's going on right and apparently somebody had like stole something from the high school like broke in, stole something, and whatnot. So they're like, "Who are you, Dada?" Like, first of all, if somebody broke in, if that's the call that y'all got, yeah, we had nothing on us. And by the way, we didn't even have book. If bites. we broke in, I'm not gonna sit outside and yeah, chill, my exactly. man. I'm gonna be out of there. But. Exactly. But they nah, they hassled us for about like five minutes and asked us for our identification and stuff like that. So we complied, but like, I noticed. Well, my light-skinned friend, they were being an a-hole to him. But my dark-skinned friend, they were being more aggressive with. And with me, and they were kind of in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, so, um, uh, that's actually when I learned that if you don't have any kind of identification on you, they're allowed to, to arrest you. But um, just to take you in to yeah. look you up, right? Yep. And then they print you. Yep. Because that's exactly. all they want to do. Exactly. They just want to put you in the system. Mm-hmm. But um, anyhow, there's a security guard that comes out of the school. He's like, "It wasn't them. I saw who did it." The cops are still hounding us for another like extra like two minutes. Like, yeah, but we have to get their information out. And he's like, "It's not them. You're wasting your time with them. I know them. They went to high school here. They wouldn't do this." 
and after a while they get more inf- so they get a call and they get more information on the other people who actually did do it and they're like oh all right it wasn't them and like pretty much without an apology just dips off so in that instance let's just say i would have reached for my wallet the wrong way they already had guns pointed at us locked and loaded if i would have did anything one false move that could have been the end of my life and i don't love that i went through that or anything but i like that i'm able to tell that story to tell people like sometimes it does not matter mm-hmm. at all and it's not like i was just by myself or anything i had a dark skin friend i had a light skin friend and i saw firsthand yeah. as somebody who's in the middle of that they were treating my darker skin friend worse so anyhow dude I, it's a meta that what you just said is a metaphor for what's happening on the larger scale yes is is we're looking over here it's not them it's not yes. them oh but we have to do this mm-hmm. it's not them over there is yep. that they were looking for somebody dependent on god damn that's f- dude the way the other thing too is the is um like poverty because mm. yeah. that's not a white black latino thing that's yeah. That's yeah. a lot of class. That's the other race mm-hmm. that, you know, and obviously it's all mixed in, you exactly. know, and and I think obviously the way that the media and people talk about it is probably, you know, different. But yeah, but that's a problem, too. And I talked mm-hmm. about that on the last podcast, too. Um, when this is out, that'll be out soon. Um, cool. But what we kind of talked about that is like that we it's not like, yeah, like obviously there's a problem with with the way that black people were treated. There's a problem with there's like we. We can't even fix. We haven't fixed even the the the, the poor, the poverty thing. Like, yeah, there's so many. Yeah. Like, like you said, there's so many systems. Any mm-hmm. system you want, you know. But we can't fix poverty. You know why? Mm-hmm. I don't. Do you know? Do you know the history of like policing in America? Uh, maybe briefly, not okay. So in depth. the police were originally created to find runaway slaves. That was just what it what it is, and then um, eventually created to uphold American policy. American policy was fucked up back then. <laughs> so it was mostly aimed at uh, African-American people. And uh, uh, and that leads me to this. There is a, a place, I think the uh, town is called Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa? Yeah. Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah. so you heard about Black Wall Street, right? Yeah, I think so. I've definitely heard something about Tulsa. All right, so there's, a, there's actually video footage, too, I, and I found that this year. Uh, thriving African-American community, you got to remember, when it comes to slaves... They didn't give slaves anything at all. They just, y'all free to go, and then we had nothing and had to literally work and, and, and start from the bottom. Some people still work on, for white people, too. Yes, and some people stayed on those plantations to and just get paid, yep. you know? But anyhow, there was a, a place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where uh, the, it, there was a complete black community, all black everything, black-owned business, a bunch of successful black people. Then the FBI or just a lot of different people who were of power came through and slaughtered everybody in that town. Like genocide, pretty when, much. When was that? Was that post? That was like just post slavery. I, I don't wanna, then? Or? I, I want to, I wanna, yeah. everybody should look this up themselves, but uh, Tulsa massacre, that was in uh, 1921. 1921. So it's not that recent, but that right there is proof that even if. That's recent. 
I mean, it's recent enough. That's fucking. We had slavery like three we had people, people who, ago. Who are alive? Like if like you're <laughs> from that any time. either our yeah. great grandpa, well, not my great grandparents, but well maybe another country, but mm-hmm. but even just the fact that your great grandparents are great great grandparents. It was it was exactly yeah. it was in our terms. It's not ninety nine years but ago. That's yeah. why this shit yeah. is po- boiling. Po- this why this shit was boiling up. Yes, it yes. is recent. Yeah. Yes, and and what I want to say with that though is that town itself. Oh, that was ninety nine years ago, but that town itself is proof that sometimes black people did do all the right things and yeah. did come up with their own businesses and come up with many different things and, and did all the right stuff. And at the end of the day, still ended up getting the short end of the stick, you know? But, yeah, it's crazy. And, and the, you know, there's – you could see it in the sta- – I mean, and I love how, you know, um, there's <laughs> – Man, it's it's just there's too there's too much, man. Yeah, but sorry I think, if, I'm, if I'm depressing you. I know we came over no, here to talk about music. No, man. <laughs> no, that's why that's why that's why original message that I sent you of mm-hmm. like, hey, listen, I want to talk to people who are in this, man. And Thank I think you. that experience, the experience at the school and the experience at your house, obviously, mm-hmm. wish that those didn't happen. Yeah. But for you to be able to speak on that, and and people have have people listening have had the same thing happen to them mm-hmm. plus worse yes and yeah. which is really like the purpose and that's why i have the podcast too man it's just yeah. to have i think first we got to have a conversation first mm-hmm. right yeah. and that's the thing is like when you see somebody you see them and then you talk to them and that's just how it goes you know and that you gotta we gotta have that and get and i think that's what a lot of this has done is just open that conversation which yeah. which it would open for a millisecond and then yeah. Vacuum, right? It would just take it over. Everything else matters more, Mm -hmm. right? And now, everybody's standing up. This matters more. Yes, exactly. And I don't know, man. I just feel like this is going to be the last generation of racists. I'm hoping for it. I can't just see a a statement like that. Over time, it will get better. Yeah, but yeah, I I feel like uh, it depends. I saw this very amazing video the other day. A little off topic, but... Video starts off with a white Southern dad teaching his white Southern son uh, how to shoot ducks, or just how to shoot in general. Mm-hmm. I think actually it may have been in a um no not shoot ducks uh, it was it was how to shoot in a gun range right some regular American stuff. <laughs> yep. Um, and I'm not I'm not necessarily anti gun by the way. I'm not saying that as a disclaimer. I'm just just to let you guys know. But, um, so that kid grows up just a tad bit. It seems like maybe, I don't know, but an instance happens where they're in a grocery store, right? The kid looks and sees a black man, tall, uh, black, uh, just a regular black guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he's uh, playing with a, uh, I mean, he has a toy in his hand. The kid sees that toy. And he sees the kid, sees the toy, so he like jokingly like you know like makes the toy like fly this around. Kid. Yeah, just like a a, a a kid moment, and then puts the kid away. I mean the kid, the toy away, <laughs> and the puts the dad. The kid away. Yeah, <laughs> get away. <laughs> totally different story. <laughs> but not nah, the um the 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 dad looks up and says, "Do you, uh do we got a problem here? You some kind of like weirdo or something?" He said, "Nah." The kid saw the toy, like you know, explain himself yeah, yeah. immediately, and he said, "Don't don't be fucking with my kid." And he's like, okay. And eventually the word nigger comes. And I don't know like exactly how it was brought up because it was in a video and I forgot. But he's like, he said, do we have, oh, that's what he said. He said, do we have a problem, nigger? And the black guy looks and says, you're the problem. He wasn't violent or anything. He just says, you're the problem. People like you are the problem. Yeah. And he's like, okay, man. Black guy walks out, starts to walk to his car. 
the white person, the white dad, oh, also the, the his wife. Is this is like the? Is this like a security camera? Or is it? Like no, no. This is this is a this is acting and stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. okay, okay. Yeah. No, I didn't. I have the. <laughs> he, okay. he he calls nine one one and says, "Hey, there, there's a uh, there's a black guy who is you know being violent and stuff. Uh, you guys may have to come and get him." Puts his phone away, hangs up, and then comes to fight the black guy. So, black guy goes away. Black guy's in jail, right? But the black guy makes a call in jail to some of his black friends. And his black friends are like, all right, we're going to get this guy. <laughs> so, they uh, pull up on him at random. The white guy uh, brings him somewhere, tortures him a bit, right? And... I'm not sure if they did it tattoo wise or if they did it spray paint, but they gave him like a tattoo and then gave him spray paint and his whole skin was black, like black, black. And they dropped him off at at his front yard in the middle of the night. Right. So he comes in a house. Oh, they sold his mouth shut too. And a wife's like, who who are you? What she sees is a black man creeping into her house and she's like, I'll shoot, I'll shoot. And he's like, the the dude is like, his mouth is on. He's like, no, no, it's me, it's me, baby, it's me. She finally realizes it's him. So he starts to walk in. She's about to go and hug him. Bow! He falls to the floor. Behind him is the son that he, sh- he taught how to shoot. Wow. And also kind of taught racism. Man, crazy bro. video dude that's one of those things where you go that's how it happens yes yes you go that's because when you're like removed from like you don't mm-hmm. when you're just not raised yes a certain way and yeah like so and and you're not saying that listen all my my friends have guns like i know people yeah. have gun, i know people respectful gun owners yeah teach there are respectful gun owners yeah and, and right? honestly so, the kid had good heart not, he thought exactly somebody who came in but at yeah. the same time maybe the kid would have thought twice to shoot if his dad wasn't racist towards True. black people and that comes back to it somebody made it okay somebody put that mm-hmm. in their head you know exactly like, exactly wow man no that's crazy i gotta watch so, that video now. yeah I, if i if i find it again uh, I'll some of those man i'll be yeah. scrolling and i'm like damn they got me i'm watching the whole thing yep <laughs> yep yep it was oh my gosh Ooh. it was such an amazing video i think um uh denon porter uh posted it denon porter uh great rapper great mm. producer uh friends with eminem uh good guy but uh yeah man that video i literally just like I was stuck for a while because I was like, yo, like, I wanted to thank whoever made the video because this is perfectly, it perfectly describes so many different things. At first, yeah. I thought it was just going to be a, a video of, like, revenge, like, oh, the black guy calls the black friends and the black friends. Come get him and that's guy. it. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah, get his ass. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, well, damn, his life, will, like, the person who's actually in jail, his life will never be, a sa- be the same. He has a record because somebody decided to attack him yep. and also fo- falsely accused him of starting the fight. So, um, that yeah, person, that was a whole thing in itself. Yeah, yeah. Now his life is never the same because of a racist. But on the other end, <laughs> the other guy, his life wasn't the same. His short life wasn't the yeah. same. So, yeah, it was. I don't know. It was nice to see. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's really you don't know because you can't. You just only know your experience and some of the experiences of people that you know. But other mm-hmm. than that, it's like that could easily be the case. Exactly. And we're trying to. I mean, it's it, you're. I, I hope you're right, man. I hope this is it's the last generation. Listen, there's not. I don't think there's a lot of them. I don't think there's a lot of. First of, all, I mean, there's might be more racist, but the, I don't think there's a lot of like 
full out white supremacist. I just don't think that most modern people in our society are like that. Mm. But the people that are, yeah, it's got to go. And gotcha. and and people are doing whatever they they can mm-hmm. to make sure that's known. Mm-hmm. But and 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 you yourself, man, and and you you don't have a song without a message. Do I? I don't. I, Not really, man. Damn, it's even, been a minute. Even yeah. a verse, like, yeah. And <laughs> even even in a metaphor, I'm just like, yeah. whoa. Um, Thank you. I'm a. I just don't. I didn't want to forget this. The song that you have with Arigos. Uh yeah. Chris, yeah. right? Yeah. Is, yeah, dude. I just love that song. Thank I you. just gotta say. Thank um, you very much. The hook is dope. Um, y'all killed it and uh he's in uh, like one of the marketing like groups that i'm in and and uh, we just connected online and and uh just i just it's on my i listen to it all the time it's on my light songs man it's a really good dude i remember how that song came about he just asked me said yo i want to make a song with you but like i also want you to produce it and lo and behold i didn't make that beat on on on, like immediately as soon as he uh sent sent me that message uh as a request i had that beat for about like four years now and i haven't been like pushing it to everybody but i just was like you know what let me go through my beats and see what i hear i'm on i sent him that one he was like yo this is perfect sent to another yeah. planet yo. i'm like oh and then he let yo thankfully like i'm so happy he let me mix his vocals because that was fun i don't know many people who record like dude that does. hook is i mean the mix is ridiculous it's thank amazing you. the but thank the you. yeah that hook you no, you did a great job on the mix too man. thank you thank you so That's much just a song that i bump in the whip yeah, it's That's a vibe. A good, it is a vibe, man. Mm-hmm. It is. Is there anything you want to touch on before, like we wrap? Like, is there anything mm-hmm. you want to, um, um, you know, you, anything you want to leave people on? I'll probably ask you like a, you know, ending question. But other than that, is there anything you want to plug? Kind of anything um, you're working on, or I don't know if it's gonna be out yet. But I know that I, I don't. We don't even have a name for it. We're supposed to be recording it next week. But uh, me and Jay Wanda, uh, really dope MC. Go get channel one by the way that's his album uh are doing a collaboration ep and after that uh i'm supposed to be releasing my next album code name duo liddy all right that's fire man and i assume live performances when we can oh yes i mean shoot when all the corona yeah shit cleared i figure up, hopefully yeah. i mean i'm hopefully hoping to back go back djing and August 3rd. Good luck, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, because it's like people are dying to go back to everything, but as far as, like, public places, like, they said they were going to be shut down for, like, a year and a half. Yeah. So, like, right. I don't... And numbers don't are going up. I mean, not maybe not here, but in Florida, numbers are going up. Yep. Numbers are going up in places, so yep. it's like, hey, we might say this, and then yeah, who, who knows? knows? Who knows? Yeah. Of course, this would happen during, like, a presidency change, you know? <laughs> yeah, no right yeah no it's uh, i mean it's just perfect storm yeah it's perfect storm man yeah it's perfect storm that's really just the facts of the matter but yeah so if you could give people one piece of advice doesn't have to be it could be general specific Mm. something that is something that's been really beneficial to your life uh vote and i'm not just talking about for you know presidency vote in general vote in your town stay active and uh do your research and advice besides that always be mindful of how somebody else may feel feelings definitely do matter and if you're more mindful of other people's feelings you can avoid a lot more confrontation i agree 
Samad Savage. Hey, thank you so much for doing this, man. This was a blast, Oof, man. Thank you for having um, me. As, as always, guys, you know the deal. We're on every single podcast platform, even the ones nobody uses. That one that your cousin used to download some shit. I bet I'm on there, too. Um, <laughs> the music's on all platforms. Samad Savage as well. It's at Samad Savage on Instagram. Yes, sir. Um, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, everywhere else you can find the music. And that is another episode of Bobcast. Thank you, Samad, for joining me. Screw with it. Thank you once again for joining us on another episode of Bobcast. That was Samad Savage, the great artist, MC, rapper. Make sure to check him out on all streaming platforms and his brand new music video, Good Night, out now on YouTube. It's also SamadSavage.com. More information on the show, guests, links, everything at SullyBop.com. You can also find this podcast, the video version, on YouTube. And as I said in the beginning, this podcast is sponsored by Soda Beats, the easiest way and best way to make beats online right now. Uh, intro and outro music provided by Jello Beats, my amazing producer. Thank you, Angelo, uh, for making that. And thank you for listening and getting this far in this podcast. Really appreciate it. Little support goes a long way. Make sure to join the newsletter. It's on my website. That's it. I'll see you guys on the next one.